KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. It's Valentine's Day, Pamela. Why are you laughing? Pamela's laughing. Q-Doc, she doesn't like the songs you're picking. Hey, now. Hello. Hey, now. Here we go. Um, so... Okay, so when I was a little maggot in, let's go with elementary school. Let's go Marshall Elementary School, Tucson, Arizona. Um, we would have fire drills. The boys would line up on one side of the uh, um, uh, hallway. The girls would line up on the other, and they would march us out, and we'd go uh, into the playground, and we'd stand by uh, the, the gate, and then the bell would ring, and we'd go back in and go to school. There was never a fire, right. and there was never a, a concern of a fire. I thought this was kind of interesting. So we go in the way, way back machine, like our parents, they used to have drills for the A-bomb. Yeah, like the duck and cover. Duck cover. Get under your desk because... Because I, that was going to work. I, I mean, I don't yeah. know what A-bombs were made out of back in the day, but the idea that a school, school desk, desk was going to save you and from pencil them, box. Why don't we make the rest of everything out of school <laughs> desks? Because that obviously was a good idea. So now we've evolved. Uh, we don't worry about the A-bomb anymore, even though there's plenty fire more of those. Fire happen. Fire? Yeah, we, they yeah. do still have fire drills? Yes, they do. Okay. Yeah. But, but thankfully, schools don't catch on fire very often. But now we have these active shooter drills, and you've got the, the two big teachers unions saying um, they think they've gone too far. The effects that an active shooter drill can have on a student's mental health, a major concern for the American Federation of Teachers and National Education Association. The unions say there are better ways to prepare students and the focus should instead be on training teachers to respond. If a school does decide to drill, the groups recommend giving advance notice, working with mental health officials to ensure the drills are age appropriate and to never simulate an actual shooting. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly so, whoa, 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 agree whoa, whoa. with this. Simulate an actual shooting. Yeah. Because, see, I didn't know that was a thing. And then I saw pictures. That it is a thing. Like, they, okay, so you take a teacher, a staff member, the custodian, you dress them up as, quote, an active shooter, and you play this out in the hallways... And I can acknowledge that could be terrifying for some kids. Now, it's my understanding here in Arizona, and, and I don't know if, if this is universal, but we there are a lot of, um, what do they call it? Lockdown drills. Uh-huh. So it's okay. The school goes into the lockdown, which would be different than the active shooter. You're not dressing somebody up and having them walk around with an airsoft rifle uh, on campus. You're just locking the doors, turning you know off the lights, be closing quiet, the windows. Right? Of which I'm not trying to downplay that either, because okay. I've long thought um, that these kinds of drills are having an impact on our kids. Not a good one. Well, because how many how many active shooter drills have you gone through? Zero. Right, and and so these kids though are being subjected to it at least once, sometimes twice a year at a very young age. And I want to read you some of the comments from students. Okay. These are students discussing active duty. Right. So, so if you're thinking like, oh, yeah, well, come on. They got to practice this stuff. Two years ago today, Stoneman Douglas, we've got to be prepared. Yeah, that was two years ago today. We've got this from a freshman. Everyone hides in the corner and they just turn out the lights and close the window. Someone started crying once. They were really scared. Another freshman. A lot of people are scared because we don't know if it's real or not mm. a sophomore in the back of the mind you're just thinking what if this real what if there's someone walking around the halls with a gun we also have this student you're rushing to text your parents you're like you never know this might be the last time you're going to talk to your parents then for it all just to be a drill you're like wow 
I really went through all of that. And so whatever you think kids are getting out of these active shooter drills, that's what they're actually taking away from it. And that that sounds, and I can understand where you have uh, teachers and counselors in the school saying, I don't think this is having the desired effect. Not only is it not having a desired effect, I think that it's actually doing more harm than good. And when you have the school districts out there that don't announce that this is a drill, and the reason that they don't announce this is a drill is because they want to see how the kids are going to react. Well, I was going to say, a, a, a true active shooter is not going to announce that they're going to be at the school at 1045 a.m. By the way, we're, I'm coming. I won't be there early. But think about that. Again, we, we, you know, there has to be some adults in the room here. Imagine in your office place, mm-hmm. even if you do active shooter drills, they tell you when it's going to happen. Now, like an email goes out, an email goes out. Hey, guys, at this point in time, you know, this is what's going to happen here. We get those for the fire drills. Right. So and you you participate in those knowing what they are. Now, imagine you make your, your company doesn't want to see your company wants to see how are you really, how you're gonna, really going to react. Yeah. And you don't know it's a drill. And they Can dress somebody up <laughs> and have them come through the front door with, with a gun, a, with an airsoft rifle. Right. Imagine the mayhem that would transpire at your office. Oh, yeah. That's what you're doing to kids repeatedly year after year. Because many of these schools have at least one, sometimes more than one of these active shooter drills. And there is also, and I realize, and this is is not meant to be a pro-gun argument, but keep in mind that the number is two-tenths of one percent. Two-tenths of 1% of gun deaths occurred on, occurred on school grounds. You can make an argument. You should be having active shooter drills everywhere but schools. I just go back to a situation I had with my daughter, Riley, when she was in kindergarten. And the school was actually put on lockdown. And picked her up from school that day. It was just, you know, a police situation in the neighborhood and out of abundance of caution the police department put the school on lockdown. And when I picked her up asking her about her day, she she told me this. Now, I had already known. I had gotten the text messages. I had gotten the emails. Districts are really good at communicating this information to parents, at least most are. And she just told me, yeah, you know, we, we, uh, we had to be very, very quiet, turn off the lights and go into the corner and, and this, that and the other, of which, you know, we, we've ter- talked about before. But then she says, you know, I was glad I wasn't in the bathroom. And I was hmm. like, well, well, what happens if you're in the bathroom? And she's like, we have to stand on the toilet. You have to sta- Why do you have to stand on the toilet? And when she looked at me, again, five years old, looks at me and says, well, that's so the bad guys can't see your feet. Yeah. And, and you teach them. Oh, my Lord. It, like, it, it just, it, even now, I'm looking at like four years later, five years later, that still hurts my heart to think that, like, this is what we're, we're teaching our kids. Well, and, and again, they are of an age. That that message, intended or unintended, yeah. is going to have an effect on them. And it almost is like, no matter what you say, no matter how you couch these drills, when you have kids standing on the toilet uh, 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 in a stall so the bad guy can't see their feet, or when you have them hiding in a corner of a classroom with the lights off, and now we, you know, with with a with a weapon, you know, get something to throw at them if they, if they come in. Canned the, goods, remember canned that one? goods. Thank you. That's mm-hmm. what it was. I'm trying to think what we were throwing. Um, 
How how do you think it doesn't affect them? Sure, when we're 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 talking to them about you know run hide fight, and I actually had that conversation. I want to say Riley, let's see, Stoneman Douglas was two years ago, so she was in the second grade. In the second grade, I had a conversation with her about run hide fight. Wow, that's there's there's so many things wrong about that, but you know, practice. Doesn't necessarily make perfect, but it's one of those things where you're you're better come you know game time should you need to be. But the chances of this happening at a school, I understand the concerns that are associated with it, but we we have to measure the response to that yeah. appropriately, yeah. and also recognize if what we're doing benefits. If you can prove to me, if you can prove to me that this helps, that this makes a difference, that this saves lives. But there's no evidence to that. No, no. And but the there's now is, evidence to support how damaging it can be. Right. And you need to, I think it's a good time to take a look at that. Um, it is Valentine's Day. I hope that doesn't come as a shock to some of you, especially does, guys out there luck. like, oh, oh, God luck. Where did the month go? Right. Um, we challenged your, uh, we want to give you an outlet. Might be a nice way to put it. Right. Yeah. We, we gave you 30 seconds. To talk about the crazy, to talk about the ex, maybe the reason you're single on Valentine's Day. I just there you go. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Yeah. Um, happy Valentine's Day to all of you out there. Thank you. I hope you guys are enjoying it. But, you know, not everybody has the best Valentine's experiences, Pamela. And for some people, this is a day to remind them. Uh, that while you're scrolling through, I'm doing it right now, scrolling yeah. through the Facebook, let's look here, see and you see roses. all these happy, oh, absolutely, oh, you see some happy couples, oh, yeah. right? All you decked know? out in red. Absolutely. That uh, Not everyone is blissfully in love today. No, it's also known as Singles Awareness Day because no. you're uh, acutely aware of your singledom. And so singledom. you've got... Uh, like the San Antonio Zoo, for instance, they they decided to have an event called um, Cry Me a Cockroach. Actually, it's Cry Me a Cockroach, but Cry Me Like a River. Cry and what they're river. doing is you can buy a cockroach for five bucks, name it your ex. You, you sponsor a cockroach, basically, right? And <laughs> you name it. Yeah, okay, name it after your ex. And then they feed it to an animal. It immediately goes into the mouth of like a lizard or something or a snake. Yeah. Oh, God. Nothing says love like. And then uh, BK, Burger King, they oh, got wait. something else going on. If you got dumped or scorned by a relationship and aren't excited about Valentine's Day coming up, Burger King might turn that crown or should I say frown upside down. In a release the company announced on February 14th, it will be celebrating anti-Valentine's Day by letting customers bring in a printed photo of their ex in exchange for a Whopper. Guests in the Big Apple can not only bring a photo, but also a specified piece of clothing, letters, or even a stuffed animal to get their burger. You laugh at the clothing. I can't get away with that. I, I, I genuinely want to know what your specified piece of clothing is. <laughs> I, I don't want to know. Because I think that, that what they're trying to avoid is people bringing in certain types of clothing. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, here's the deal. You, you can't And I'm assuming in. they only have to insert that line in there from last year's debacle, right? Now, don't what are we going to do with all the undies? Good night, Irene. 
Uh, so, there's a Burger King, for God's sake. It now looks like a, va- a Victoria's Secret blew up in here. Now, don't be walking into a Valley uh, Burger King and doing this because it's only in New York City and oh, San okay. Francisco yeah. and others. So, Darn it. So, since, uh, you know, we're not in, in San Antonio for the Cry Me a Cockroach event and Burger King isn't doing this here in the Valley, we decided to offer you a service here on the Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes show. We uh, we gave you 30 seconds on our open mic line to, uh, to tell us why your X is so awful. Now there were right. there were some parameters. There here. were rules. Uh, no last names. Okay. You know you you can't put your X on that big on of a blast. Okay. Uh, no cursing, uh, and you, you got to keep it as clean as possible. And <laughs> and, and, and well. They're clean, but oh my gosh, there are some crazies out there. Here, here are the phone calls we got on our open mic line, folks. My name is Brian, and I'm from Pagosa Springs, Colorado, but wow. I just recently moved to Mesa. Okay. My ex is awful because she sent me to jail three times on oh. false charges, false and I still loved her. Oh. I don't know why. I don't know why. I say happy anti-Valentine's Day to her. <laughs> He sounds sad. I know he does. I wonder if he had to move to Mesa to get away from Colorado. But maybe, maybe he keep going to jail in Colorado right, again. Exactly. I'm a little worried about charges. that. Oh wow. man. Okay. Okay. Let's well, continue. That, that Open mic line brought to the Carol Royce with Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Hey guys, this is uh, Billy Joe Jim Bob from Maricopa. <laughs> Copy. And my story is the girl I was engaged to. Her name was Dawn. Mm-hmm. I come home from being out on the road, Uh-oh. former truck driver, mm-hmm. and caught her in bed with another man. Yeah. And I uh, threw $5 at him and what? told him he could get himself something a little better. Whoa! Wow. By the way, Whoa. shout out to thinking that quickly. Yeah, Billy Bob, Joe Bob. Here's $5. Wow. Wow. You were, wow. but, but that wouldn't have said, been my, that wouldn't have been the first thing that came to my mind. I you know, think. but what I thought was interesting was when I was playing that call and he talked about, um, you know, I came home and I caught yeah. him in bed with another man. You went, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like this is normal. Yeah. You're like, yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. No, who's they? That's what they do. Who's they? You know who they are. No, those people. Not okay. Yeah. All right, more calls. Th- mm. This one. Uh oh. Should I be sitting down for this one? Yeah, sit down for this okay. one. Ready. This is uh, Mark in Phoenix. Hey, Mark. I have an ex who uh, who actually hired somebody to slit my throat when Whoa. I was uh, going through the divorce. And uh, fortunately, I got out of that with only a uh, severed finger that had to be reattached. What? Oh, what? I feel like we need to buy him Burger King. I. There's so she much hired someone to cut my throat during the divorce. And all he ended up was losing a finger. That whoever she hired is a bad aim. Good, luckily, <laughs> thankfully, luckily, or he wouldn't have that story to Holy tell. Holy cow! Yeah, so she makes think, a list. You yeah. think your exes are crazy? That he's got a he's, he he's got a winner when yeah, they he wins the when they uh, cut crazy your ex right there. And take the take a finger instead. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not asking you to put anybody on blast. But do you, do you, you have do you no, have? Some I'm crazy? not having these discussions. You don't have any crazies. I, I, no? You know what? No? I, uh, on advice of counsel, <laughs> uh, I uh, refuse to uh, answer any more questions on the grounds they may incriminate all of us. All right, so let's move on to Super Producer Stevie Z. Do you, do you have any crazy X stories? I have one I can tell. What? Well, okay, okay. I think I have more than one, certainly. But, Which one um, can you tell on the radio? I had an ex-girlfriend that I am convinced named her first child mm-hmm. after my new girlfriend that I was then dating after her. 
What? Why would she do that? I don't know. I, I'm so convinced you moved that on, that's you why. You started dating. Why would you do that? <laughs> to remind. Doesn't that remind you? Right. Like, do you know how many people will will check a baby name off the list because it reminds that's them an ex, of an ex ex boyfriend, ex girlfriend? Like, like yeah. That, that like you're you know... not naming the baby Carol. <laughs> it's not happening. And yours <laughs> named it. It was just a little too coincidental, don't you think? Yeah, that's super odd. Uh. Well, it does also depend on how unique the name is. You know, if 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 you were dating Daphne and she named the kid Daphne, yeah, that that guess what? That's that's where it came from. The open mic line brought to you by <laughs> Carol Royce, the leader in Arizona real estate. We'll get your home sold. Guaranteed or she'll buy it for cash. Go to Carol has the buyers.com. I don't know why I think Daphne is the craziest name I could think of. I just don't think a lot of people name their kids Daphne. Wasn't that on Scooby Doo? I'm I hope so. I think so. Daphne? Yeah. Daphne. She's the redhead. Yeah. Okay, let's go with that. That's the only one I know. Daphne, Daphne. and Velma, right? Yeah. Velma's Why are the you nerd. looking at me like this? Daphne's the redhead okay. that is totally into Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Your knowledge of Scooby Doo <laughs> is fantastic. Well, anyone anybody, who watches Scooby, Scooby Doo knew that. Snacks. Don't I mean, just get them into snacks. don't get them into Scrappy Doo because yeah. that's a whole nother you know offshoot. <laughs> okay. Um, how bad does an Uber ride have to be? That you dial 911 during it. And if you had a bad ride. Yeah, we're talking about that next on Arizona's News Station. Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. We've been like through all the genres, the eras. We really... Uh, some I knew, some I didn't yeah, know. Q-Dog digging in the crates over there for Valentine's Day. So if you um, use a ride share often or maybe a taxi cab or anything, you, you, you might have a horror story or your worst ride ever. All right. But... You'd probably be hard-pressed to have as bad a ride um, as as these – it was a, it's a couple had, basically. John and Tamika. Yeah. In Virginia, where the Uber they were riding in was involved in – it was involved in a fender bender. Mm-hmm. The car that struck the Uber took off. Hit and run, right? Exactly. So – the Uber driver, in the middle of the Uber ride, takes off in pursuit. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> is blowing through stop signs. Yeah. Is blowing through stoplights. <laughs> Almost hits a bicyclist. Yeah. And in the middle of it all, he dials 911. Okay. Hands the phone to the people in the back. Here, you guys talk to the 911. No, probably because he thinks as though, hey, you know what? This is a hit and ride. I'm involved. Hit, hit and run. Hit and run. We, we got to get this Calling guy. Calling all cars. Yeah, I don't think the phone call went no. the way that the Uber driver thought it would. So that's a bad Uber ride. That is a super bad Uber ride. Yeah, when your Uber driver. By the way, the, the Uber driver was charged with kidnapping. Right. For not letting them out of the Uber while he engaged in a high speed pursuit. Oh, well, we got to stop it. I got four kids. I can't be riding with I have four kids. Right. Let 
us out. Let us out. Let us out. Wouldn't pull over. Wouldn't no. let him out because you know what? If you pull over and you let him out, then the other guy gets away. Right. Can't so let him get away. Okay. So you know what? I get the kidnapping charge. Should be. There should be a lot of other charges. There's probably a variety of them. as well. Let's um, just warm up with the kidnapping. So you know, we asked you on our open mic line if you've ever had a horrible experience, whether it be an Uber, a Lyft, a taxi. Here's what you called and told us on oh. the open mic line. Hi, this is Stephanie from Albert. Yes, we had an Uber driver. She was brand new, didn't know how to turn off the switch to make her available to unavailable, and she showed up with her baby, I guess it was a toddler, who was screaming her head off. What? She wanted to know if we still wanted to ride with her out to dinner, and we said no. Um, This kid wouldn't shut up. She was not just crying. She was screaming in the back seat, and she really thought we were going to get in the car with her. You know, no, that's not going to happen. You know, I, I actually. You bring your kid with you. <laughs> She's like, I didn't know how to turn off the app. I, I don't just, know how to work this thing. I, I, it would just be very uncomffortable. I'd probably get in the car, but I'd be, I'd be like, this is. I wouldn't really get in the car. You wouldn't get no, in the car. With the kid? No, no. Right. I've dealt with too yeah, much got, of a screaming child. I'm I not paying to somebody go. to sit with you. Okay, it's fair not enough. Happening. Fair enough. You know what? Uh, as, as listening to this call and, yeah. and also thinking about the. Uh, John and Tamika in the Uber ride from hell. Kidnapper. Um, They've been kidnapped. I, I actually, I, I, I forgot about this, but I had an experience in a town car. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, if you think about like Uber or Lyft or taxi, that's one thing in a town car. So uh, it was Chris. It was myself. It was my sister. And this is when I lived in Phoenix. And we went out to Scottsdale for the night, right? And we're not going to drive home. And this no. was prior to Uber and Lyft. So you hired a, hired a driver. Um, actually, do you remember the one night we went to the club? Yeah. Do you remember? It was that night. Okay. It was that night. Now okay. you're dragging me into it. I, By the uh, way, I didn't need a driver. <laughs> no. I drove myself. Um. So... I walked. I might have had a couple cocktails that evening. You guys were okay. tuned up, I believe and, is the term. Um, and Chris was taking care of the bill. I, I had to go out and, and flag down a cab or something, right? And I walked out, and there's a town car. <gasps> oh, it was, it was per- I didn't care what I got. I just no. needed to get home. But it was perfect. He was right there. And right I'm like, there. hey, we're going to Phoenix. We'll He's take like, him. All right, great. Chris walks out and goes, seriously? Really? Like a town car? Really? Like, this is going to cost us like three times what a uh, tax. It'll be fine, honey. <laughs> just get in. He's right here. I want to go home anyway. Yeah. So the three of us pile into the back of this town car. By the way, this is the drunkest I've ever seen, Pamela. <laughs> and we get into, uh, we're, we're along like Indian school. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. Popo. Woo, the popo. And, you know, I'm like, whoa, wow. You get nervous all I the time around. I get nervous. When, when Colonel Milstead comes in, you get nervous. So and I'm nervous like, around cops. But then you're drinking in your car. I'm not driving. Like, you're in the back seat. I know, but I had to remind myself I'm not driving. I haven't done anything wrong. Pulls over. Yeah. Cop gets out. Uh, you know, I was talking to the driver. Come to find out, like, the car wasn't registered in his name. They think he may have stolen a st- the guy car. stole a car and then was charging um, people for rides? And, and they made us brilliant. get out. And yeah. then they called somebody else to pick us up. And I'm like, I'm not paying for this. Like, Nor if should you, you. If you think I'm paying, you're not getting a tip either. This is this, this is definitely is coming out of your tip, tip as he's getting arrested and thrown in the back of a squad and, car. And, and then, like, the, the town car had to sit there as somebody else came and got us, and they drove us home. And I remember going, like, that is the weirdest thing that ever happened, that I got pulled over in a town car. I remember that night. Yeah. I drove myself again. I was not too drunk to drive. Well, you don't drink. That's why. 
How many years that's, ago was that? That's that why was, I remember it. I remember ago. the evening vividly. I want to hear about the club part. <gasps> oh my goodness! Oh, the stories. There were shots involved. Shot! 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 Yeah. Yeah. I have the credit card receipt. I believe. <laughs> Bruce so and I uh, not gunshots. I hope. No. 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 no yeah. Certainly one of the reasons you need to have your faith in humanity restored, though. First night out of the clubs. Coming up next on Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. So I wanted to take this opportunity, uh, restoring faith in humanity, to talk about something that restores my faith in humanity, not once, but twice a week. Sometimes three times a week, Pamela. Yeah. And the Batman theme is not uh, by accident, okay? Um, You have been there. You brought Riley. You brought Chris Mm -hmm. to an amazing children's charity called the Colton Cowell Foundation. Yeah. And uh, we had an awesome, I volunteer, It's, it's not about me. I volunteer there. And last night was a super special night because last night was the 500th child to go through there. That's that's amazing. 500 of them. Angel, by the way, was our kid last night and he was fantastic. Okay. So I've been there, but I'm not going to assume our audience yeah. knows. So what kind of kids, what, what does the Colton so, Cal Foundation do? The way the Colton Cal Foundation works is that children's charities nominate children and Many times they're not told even what's happening or what's going to happen or what they're going to, right? And they show up and become a superhero for the night. Mm -hmm. The way the story plays out is that Mr. Bruce Wayne is unable to attend, which means no Batman. So when there is an issue with the Joker, well... The kid has to step in, and uh, the Colton Cal Foundation has its own Batmobile, Batcopter, Batcycle. Uh, you got the Batcopter Slide now? down the poles. Yeah. You know, the bookcase opens up. You've got the William Shakespeare head. It's all based on the 1966 version of, of the Batman TV show. So it's it's not the scary Batman. It's kind of the pals at bang Batman, you know, Adam West version. And so 10 years ago. It all started. Ten years ago, there was a little boy named Colton. Colton Cowell. And um, Mr. Wayne, you and I know who we're talking about when we say Mr. Wayne. Mr. Wayne took his Batmobile over and heard that Colton wasn't feeling well. Mm-hmm. And gave the keys to his dad and let him drive his son around in the Batmobile. And it's a legit Batmobile. No, it's a real Batmobile. Yeah. Fl- flames come this out the back. This and, isn't like, oh, no. a, hey, I took a, a sports car and just put no. a Batmobile. It's, it's a legit No, Batmobile. I put pictures up. It's on our, our Facebook okay, cool. page if you want. You can see, see pictures of the of last night. Yeah. You see the poles. You see Angel. You see the Batmobile. You see the Bat Cycle. Um, and what started with one kid getting to ride in the Batmobile is now this amazing organization called the Colton Cowell Foundation, where, again, last night, and and I got the numbers, okay, because I think the numbers are important. Last night, Angel, who is a phenomenal young man and is... How old would you say he is? Angel is probably seven or eight. Okay. I'm just trying to paint a picture. And just so you know, Angel's gone through more than you and I ever will. Yeah. And Angel is fantastic and has an awesome attitude. Angel was the 500th kid. To be, to be the superhero, to have the superhero experience. And those 500 kids, the way the charity works is the charity gives the money back to the children's charities that nominate the kids. Mm-hmm. So it's a way for children's charities to, to uh, fund what they do. And he handed over checks last night 
All right. The kid gets to hand the checks back to the charities that, that nominate him to go through the superhero experience. And those 500 kids have given to 224. We had a 224th different children's charity okay. last night. We had a, a new one last night. And have given back just over $1.3 million. That's so incredible. Far. It is an amazing thing. And it started, thing. It, it just started, it started with organically. a very, you know, like a random act of kindness. Yes. And, and so many times when we talk about faith in humanity and we end the show on a high note like that, um, it, it is those kinds of stories. Yeah. It, it's those small acts of kindness that go so far. And, and a lot of times they grow into something that you could never have imagined. You know, it's one of those things where um, when you... If you just hear about it, oh, a kid's going to go and do this Batman thing. I like to say at the end of the show, no matter what you thought you were coming to, this probably isn't exactly what you were going to get. Because while the kids are getting to have fun and they're sliding down the pole and they get to run in the Batmobile and do all this cool stuff, right? It's about an hour and a half, two hours of nonstop stuff to yeah, do. Yeah. Um, at the end, they give back. And really, that's the lesson that Mr. Wayne... And the Wayne Foundation uh, want every one of those kids to leave with, which is giving is fun and giving back to others is what's really important. Not owning a Batmobile, not having a Batcopter. Yeah, that's cool. But sharing and giving back to others. So it's a it's a way to teach these kids as well as offer their families because, I mean, these kids. A little bit of respite. Yeah, because keep in mind, I mean, we're 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 we see a lot of kids from Hope Kids. We yeah. see a lot of kids from Children's Cancer Network, uh, a, a variety of different children's charities around the around the valley that are dealing with some kids with some really significant life issues. And Angel is amazing. And Angel, well, I think it's pretty 500. amazing. How long have you been doing that? I think I'm. A, I've been doing about five years now. Okay, I think yeah. it's pretty amazing you've been doing that for five years. Oh, it's, it's awesome. the best part of my week. <laughs> Last night, the absolute highlight. It's uh, congratulations phenomenal. to you and Mr. Wayne. Yeah, you can find on, out more on the 500th. You know how you child. can find out more? By the way, you could text the word "cave" to four one one nine two three. We have that set up. You text "cave" to four one one nine two three, and you can learn all about the Colton Cow Foundation. Awesome. How you can help, and maybe you need to sponsor a child to come on down. You know. Cave to 41923 gives you all the information you want. Hey, thank you guys so very much for being a part of it. We look through the double pane bulletproof glass. Pamela and I say hi to DJ Q Dog. Thank you. Also, a lot of thanks to super producer Stevie Z and Bob McClay.